So if you'll remember a couple weeks back, 60 Minutes did a big uh, story on the opioid epidemic and what may be behind it and what may not be behind it. And they're they're following it up on it with the Washington Post this Sunday night, which I'm looking forward to. Indeed. And why don't we start here? The Ensuring Patient Access and Effective Drug Enforcement Act of 2016. Why? That sounds like an enlightened and balanced piece of legislation. Um, is actually uh, been greeted with a chorus of voices, according to the Washington Post, calling for changes in the law. And that voice, uh, those voices include not only the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, but 44 state attorneys general and the head of the DEA to talk about the law and the the repercussions of it and who's howling for it to be reformed. Please welcome Scott Hyam, Washington Post investigative reporter. Scott, welcome. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm great. We really great appreciate. Uh, yeah, it's it's our pleasure. Thanks for spending a little bit of time. So, tell us about this law and uh, how it came to be law and, and what the situation is now. Well, you know, we have to go back a little bit in time. Um, the the DEA there's a division uh, within the DEA that regulates the pharmaceutical industry, and they were very aggressive going after uh, large companies that they believed were uh, not paying attention to the law, that were sending lots and lots of doses of oxycodone, um, uh, hydrocodone, Vicodin, etc., downstream to pharmacists uh, uh, and other facilities without really paying attention uh, to the uh, unusually large orders and frequency of orders and uh, things that they're supposed to do uh, uh, according to the law. And uh, they began to find these companies. They began to hold them accountable. They began to shut down their warehouses, suspend their registrations. And the industry started fighting back. Um, they began to lobby Congress. Um, they began to spread a lot of money around Capitol Hill. Um, and they got um, uh, Tom Marino, who is a, a Pennsylvania congressman, to uh, sponsor this bill, this Ensuring Patient Access and Effective Drug Enforcement Act. It sounds like a terrific piece of legislation, but when you take a closer look at it, it, uh, it contains uh, uh, some language that was written by a, uh, a drug industry lawyer who used to work at the DEA and now represents drug companies. Um, and that language basically makes it much more difficult for the DEA to do its job, according to um, you know, Jeff Sessions, uh, investigators and agents that we've talked to out in the field. Uh, it raises the standard of proof uh, for certain enforcement actions. Uh, and then when a company is found to be in violation of the law, uh, before the DEA can sanction them, that company now can say, well, wait a minute, um, we're going to correct our behavior, and you, we're allowed to correct our behavior before you can sanction us. And so the DEA's uh, top administrative law judge has equated that to, you know, allowing somebody to go into a bank and rob the bank, and then when you get caught, you say, oh, I'm just going to put the money back. Hmm. Um, so it's a very controversial piece of legislation. How did the law get pushed through? I'm sorry? How did the law get pushed through? Well, it's uh, it was passed by something called unanimous consent, which is a parliamentary procedure that's used quite frequently in in Washington for uh, for pieces of legislation that are usually considered to be non controversial. Um, and uh, so this was kind of a close hold between uh, a number of, uh, of of legislators who are kind of pro industry um, uh, members of Congress like Orrin Hatch, uh, Tom Marino. Uh, there's a, a senator named Sheldon Whitehouse who represents the state of Rhode Island, where CVS is headquartered. Um, and so these, this handful of members told the other um, members of Congress that this this was fine, that this was okay, that they didn't really need nothing to see here. Um, wow! So they used the mechanism you used to declare it National Blueberry Day. 
to pass through complex legislation governing opioids that are killing thousands of people. It's a hell yeah, of a maneuver. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it, this is an old story in Washington, and 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 sadly, it, it's uh, it it continues to go on. But you know, lobbyists write legislation, and uh, a lot of times lawmakers do not read these pieces of legislation, and they vote on them anyway. Uh, we have a prime example uh, in front of us right now with this tax bill. The only difference here is that this piece of legislation was only three pages long. I mean, this, the, the tax bill that's pending in Congress now is, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages long. This is only three pages long, and 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 and, and two of those pages, um, um, you know, dealt with this law. It's only a few paragraphs, so it, it wasn't really that much uh, to to read. But a lot of members did not read it. So you all there at the Washington Post worked with 60 Minutes, and I remember that episode of 60 Minutes. Um, it was back in October. And we came in the next morning and talked about it a lot and played clips from it because it was I think it was astounding to a lot of America the way in which uh, DEA people thought they were being thwarted at trying to do something about this opioid crisis. Did did your reporting in that 60 Minutes episode um, not only alert a lot of the public of something needs to be done, but alerted the pharmaceutical companies that we need to uh, we need to come together and fight this? Did they realize something was happening? Well, I mean, the pharmaceutical companies have kind of doubled down and really and right. pushed pushed back very hard and have said that uh, that they that this legislation was the right thing to do, that it doesn't undermine uh, the DEA, and they've constructed uh, this narrative that they uh, keep pushing that the that the bill is a, is a, is just fine the way it is. Um, you know, the only problem is, is if you if you talk to you know the DEA administrative law judge those attorneys generals that you mentioned 44 of them across the country uh the 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 AG himself Jeff Sessions who is the top law enforcement officer in the country you know they they are all lawyers they read this law they see what it does and they see how much more difficult it is for the DEA to bring uh enforcement actions against distributors and manufacturers and that's that's really the point i you know it's it, they can still do their job when it comes to corrupt doctors and 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 uh, corrupt pharmacies. Um, it's much easier to prove cases against uh, those. It's always been difficult to prove a case against a distributor or a manufacturer much higher up on the food chain, and this law makes it even more difficult. Scott Hyam of the Washington Post is on the line. You know, Scott, when we talked about that in October, we received a handful of emails uh, from folks with chronic pain, a couple of vets who've said, you know, the whole trying to control this uh, you know, regimen is has really made it a, a huge pain, no pun intended, for folks who really need this stuff. And it it seems so difficult to find a sweet spot. That is, and that you know, I feel terrible for those folks. Um, and I wish we were better at you know fine tuning legislation instead of the way we do it. But at the same time, the Attorney General of the United States and forty four state attorneys general. I mean, I don't have time to really, really study the minutiae of that. But that's a pretty damn persuasive number to me that there's yeah, something well, wrong with it. It's um, it 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 seems uh, you know it seems uh, um, uh, it, 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 you know there 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 there's a lot of um, people who are coming forward uh, in opposition to the bill, but you know they're up against the probably the most powerful uh, industry in America, the pharmaceutical industry, the drug uh, drug distribution. Um, um, uh, industry, the manufacturers' industry, uh, you know, they're they're um, you know they're uh, they're a formidable uh, opponent, and they have a lot of money, and they have a lot of people up on Capitol Hill who are sympathetic to their arguments and uh, take a lot of money from them. So, um, 
you know, there's a real battle going on right now in, in Washington, a political battle, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, caught in the middle, are uh, there's a lot of families out there who have lost people to this epidemic. Um, oh, the numbers are just uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's absolutely unbelievable. It's actually, as much attention as it's getting, it should be getting more attention. It's just yeah. incredible. But, um, so here's a question, and I don't know if this is too far into the world of opinion for a, you know, a good, solid reporter like yourself. But what I've wondered all along, all those people you just mentioned from the, um, you know, the, the world of, of big drugs, the distributors, the pharmacies, the makers, all this different stuff. Do they not believe they're contributing to all these deaths? Do they, or or do they just not, or do they not care? Do you have any idea? They 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 think we might be, but they just don't care. Well, their their argument, and they they've they've made it um, uh, many times, is that this is um, this is a complicated uh, problem, and uh, that there are corrupt doctors that are writing bogus prescriptions. There are corrupt pharmacies that are filling those bogus prescriptions. There are pain clinics. There are pain mills. There, there are all kinds of problems throughout the country. And, uh, that just to, and, and they also blame the DEA for, uh, for, um, for its quota uh, uh, for production. Of, they set the quota nationally for how, much, uh, uh, how many opioids can be manufactured. So they, you know, their argument is there's a lot to blame to go around, and, and just by blaming uh, the, the industry is, is unfair. Scott Hyam, Washington Post investigator, reporter on the line. Yeah, I just I remember coming around away from the sixty minutes piece, thinking you, 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 some of you people are just lying scumbags that don't care. But um, you know, I I think I think a lot of America came away from that that story that way. But you you think they honestly believe it's not their doing? Hmm. They have said that publicly. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, yeah. Well, and fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hyam of the Washington Post. Scott, we sure appreciate the time. Well done. Good piece, and we'll have a link so folks can find it easily. Good to talk to you. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thanks. Well done. There you see a high level, legitimate reporter butting up against the world of talk radio, where he's right. not going to. He all all he can report is what they say. He can't. He's not going to get into their hearts and minds like right. I I can as a talk show ho and. A, a host, a talk show host. Oh, calling Dr. Freud, calling Dr. Freud. <laughs> and I can assign all kinds of, uh, you know, charitable or awful intentions to people yeah. <laughs> anytime I want. Well, a person could suggest that it's very, very difficult to find the sweet spot here. And they have people who are paid to make sure the sweet spot isn't, uh, or, or that we don't accidentally miss the sweet spot in the direction of screwing the drug companies. Right. They pay people a lot of money to make sure that doesn't happen. And perhaps some would suggest those lobbyists drag it back a little too far the other direction. Right. 